The Godfather. Charlie Curtis was a larger-than-life football coach who had delivered back-to-back -back Texas State 2A titles to Jacksboro in the mid-1960s, and then another one in 1982. Charlie was a young man during his first stint at Jacksboro, fresh off a standout QB career at TCU and a five-year NFL stint with the New York Giants. Charlie had coached at a couple of larger high schools in the DFW Metroplex after Jacksboro and had developed a powerhouse winning program at the University of Texas in Arlington. And Texas football gurus had him pegged as Tom Landry's replacement, someday as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, or the man who could pull TCU's famed football glory years out of the ashes. But in Texas, money talks and bullshit walks. Charlie had heard all about this Harris kid the year before he was just in the seventh grade. He remembered the ranch's reputation where he was raised and also had personal knowledge of Johnny Big Dad Harris, the grandfather that had raised the kid. Oil, banking, and businessmen from Fort Worth who were raised in Jacksboro gathered the cash to bring Charlie Curtis back to their alma mater. State titles are big business in Texas. Those coveted titles carry monster bragging rights, and Charlie Curtis was the great I am. The whispered word was that a couple of bad business deals and a couple of expensive divorces had Charlie actually owing some of his former players, and he was ready to get back to his roots and turn their deal around, seeking forgiveness for one flop scam after another. Five years before his last state title, he'd showed back up one spring day to look things over before he signed his contract. Charlie Curtis pulled up to the side of the practice field, stepped out of his white Lincoln Continental, pulled down the Silver Belly 200X ML Letty hat and lit him up a Marlboro. Charlie was a fairly big man and was always known for his ostrich skin boots, his starched white shirts, his gold cotton bowl ring, and his one-liners. Beating Decatur and Bridgeport in the same year? It's not the most important thing in my life, but to sum it a second to whatever's first, Charlie had quit during his first tenure as the head Tiger coach in the 1960s. Now for all you boys who have been told it don't matter if you win or lose, somebody done fed you a line of shit. I'm fired if you don't win, was another one of Charlie's sayings to every new crop of Joe Namath wannabes. Get back in the damn game, son. I'll tell you when you are too damn hurt to play ball, was another one he was famous for. Charlie Curtis loved to run the ball. His running attack had been known as three yards in a cloud of dust. Charlie eased towards the spring eighth grade practice session that day five years ago, and he heard the sound he was looking for, that pop you get when a truly premier tailback with a seven-yard head start hits a linebacker helmet to helmet. He picked up the pace as he noticed one of the kids not getting up. By the time he got to the group, a PE coach was already doing Mexican CPR on the poor kid, fanning him with a damn clipboard. A student manager, a short, fat kid, Charlie heard somebody call him Bruiser, came waddling up with a bucket of ice and a rag soaked in pine saw. The kid was on his feet in four seconds flat, walked four steps, and fell over again. He looked like a drunk monkey walking over to the sidelines. Charlie looked down at the woozy kid and said, Your tailback hits the hole pretty hard, don't he, bud? The kid looked up greener than a gourd and answered respectfully, Yes, sir. That is Kenny Wayne. He knocks me out every other day. There were only 14 or 15 7th and 8th grade kids suited up and they was doing running back drills, which equated to one big kid punishing the rest of the group. If a kid turned tail and ran, the big kid would run over him from behind and run over the top of him. He could play and he was mean and he was fast. The next biggest kid 
jumped in there at middle linebacker with a PE coach doing a piss-poor job playing quarterback. He handed the ball to the kid playing tailback. Pop! Charlie heard it again. And the second biggest kid on the team was on the ground doing the damn crappie flop. The tailback ran full speed, 20 yards plus, to the goal line, crossed it, turned around, sprinted back. Well, I'll be damned, Charlie thought to himself. The 15 phone calls he had received in the last month since he had taken the job and the 10 guys at the Green Frog Cafe this morning who had told him the 8th grader was the best Jacksboro had ever had, they wasn't bullshitting him. Charlie knew right then he had found his horse, and he was going to ride him right back to the top of the heap. And that is exactly what Kenny Wayne Harris delivered for him, a way back out of town. And in 1982, that's exactly what wound up happening.